0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Free record on my count 7 6 five, four, three, two, Roll A fade up on A.
2: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: From the Southern Core Studio here in Hattiesburg, welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander. Luke continues to be out. We're broadcasting from the Southern Core Studio here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Great-looking weather outside. A little cold, but give it 12 hours, and it'll be 80 degrees this time. Tomorrow, Uh, Southern Miss track coach John Stewart will be joining us later in the show. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation here in just a moment. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the transfers that have come to Southern Miss football uh, through the uh, infamous transfer portal. The NFL playoffs have been set. Uh, The new track and field schedule is out, and uh, we've got basketball to cover as well. So uh, let's get going. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and a great place for you to enjoy a meal seven days a week with your family or have your next event catered. Dickies can handle whatever is on your menu, and it's always fresh, and it's always delicious. Well, Kelly, uh, Kelly's in the studio with me. Kelly, very happy and very relieved, very happy that the Bengals, I never thought I'd say these things in the same sentence, have made the playoffs and very relieved that they didn't get paired up against the Patriots.
1: <laughs> that's the only team I didn't <laughs> want to play is the Patriots. And everybody goes, oh, well, they're better than the Patriots. Yeah, well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say that, though.
1: <laughs> that, that's right. And they always have a way of, of doing it. I really feel bad because other than the Bengals, I grew up you know being a Bengals fan. I do really feel bad for the Saints, though, because they did exactly what they were supposed to do, went to Atlanta, took care of business, was still – uh, in some areas, a depleted roster. And all they needed to do was was to have the Rams beat San Francisco in, right. in L.A. Right. And it didn't happen. I mean, they had a 17-point lead at half. The first time that that Rams coach has lost after leading at yeah. half in some yeah. ridiculous record. And it just, man, the Rams put it to the Saints again. They just...
0: Well, I would have much rather seen New Orleans than the nasty Philadelphia Eagles. The good news is they're in the playoffs, but the good news is they're leaving early because they're going to Tampa and playing your favorite player, the GOAT. All right, Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us uh, right now. <laughs> Kelly has that bad look on his face again. Uh, from Big Gold Nation, and uh, and he's some basketball over the weekend. I'm starting to become a believer in the Lady Eagles. They uh, went on the road and beat Louisiana Tech 65-59. I continue to have concern about the men's team who got blown out by uh, El Paso, eighty-seven to fifty-four Saturday night. Let's talk. Let's start with the women first. And uh, anytime you go to Tech and beat them, that's a good day for uh, Joy Lee McDallas.
2: Yeah, it was. And look, with the, what's happened with COVID and different things, they've had to start out the season on the road in three games in shows They play, they get one win, and do it and come from behind. Fashion Donnie uh, really. Stood, uh, took stars there in the fourth quarter. They didn't take the lead in that game till I guess, about five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and then they never looked back. At one point, they went on a 10 run. And, uh, you know, it, hey, credit to Coach McNillis and them. They had to schedule a game because they had already been a while without playing, and they were going to have to play uh Tech this week because of the crazy travel situation, Conference USA. Uh, so they just kind of moved that game back so they wouldn't have such a long break between games. And, look, congratulations to them. Big win for them. Get that first conference as they win and uh, see what happens now. But, you know, it's just been it's been a tough year for basketball in general here in the past two to three weeks.
0: Well, Dominique Davis is certainly a bright spot. She scored 27 points uh, Saturday night. Uh, she clearly is a, a very, very good player for Jorley. The men, uh, meanwhile, Heath, uh, continue to get struggling. You know, losing is one thing. Getting beat 87-54, to which has kind of been, you know, a a reoccurring theme, uh, just not a good sign.
2: Yeah, and I think this is the fifth or sixth loss by 20-plus points this season with a couple of 30-point losses. So, it's, uh, (laughs) yeah, especially when you go to UTSA and and pick up that win – that was a good win for them, starting off the season in conference they with a win. And, yes, we did find out that their flight was canceled. They had to ride a bus all the way to El Paso. But they got there at 4 o'clock on Friday, so I don't think that the flight situation really hurt them in any way. Plenty of time to get ready. I didn't hear Coach Ladner say anything about that in his post-game comments. Um, It's a couple of times this season, the basketball team has not been able to score, and teams have jumped out to a 14 1, 19 2, 15 1 type of score, and it happened. Once you get behind that big early in the game, you're you're trying to play catch up the whole game, and it just doesn't work. And look, they missed Tay Hardy, and, you know, there's things happening. I, I don't know what they've got to do to uh, turn it around, but. Um, they got to figure out a way rotation-wise and, and different things to uh, get more scores on the floor and, and try to get some points somehow.
1: But early in the season, the schedule makers were not real kind to, uh, to Southern Miss except giving them two home games. But one of them was against Western Kentucky, who's you know going to be one of the best teams in Conference USA uh, after the smoke clears. One of them was against Marshall. But then COVID protocols for Southern Miss – left the Eagles without those two home games. So they have to go on the road again now for a three-game stretch. And, Heath, it's not going to get any easier when they have to go to Ruston this Thursday night because La Tech and UAB so far have been head and shoulders better than everybody else in the West. And the Eagles have got to go in there to Ruston against all odds this Thursday. Yeah. Let's
2: face it, it's going to be an uphill battle. That is a good La Tech team. And UAB, good team, well coached. Uh, You're right, Kelly. It doesn't get any easier for the men. and You know, I just don't know. They haven't been able to replace uh, Tay Hardy yet. They haven't figured out how to replace his point production. And I don't know where they're going to find offense. You look at the starting lineup and, and, you know, the second game, they just didn't score. They couldn't get the ball in the basket. A lot of times they had the ball at the rim and just, Layups and, and turnovers. Turnovers is still, you know, and they beat UTSA. Uh, they did pretty well in the turnover margin. Uh, UTEP they just couldn't control the ball. And well, it is a tough trip out there. And trust me, once Southern Miss goes to Thunderdub, nobody's going to miss going out to El Paso, Texas to play a scoring here Actually, it's not a fun destination. It's not somewhere you want to play, which is a benefit to them. But man, this it, Southern Miss. You know, right now the way they're
1: playing, just don't see many wins this season. And and when you, you know, they, they finish the game, they'll they'll play Thursday night at Ruston, and then you think, okay, well they finally get to come home, and that's true. But when they come home this coming Sunday, guess who they play again? Tech, lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because as, as Heath mentioned, the, the quirky scheduling situation in Conference USA. So man, it just seems like all of the all of the tall timber is going to have to be chopped at the beginning here, and so far, not much luck. Now we did say last week that if there was one that the, what we thought the Eagles could get, it would be against UTSA, and and they did.
0: All the tall timber has to be chopped early. Is that like is that an Iowa saying? But it goes back to Iowa State days. Well, you like that one? Or oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm, I'm writing it down. Well, we but you speak. get
1: it right. I mean, they're, they're playing all yeah. the tough teams early on, so if they can. If they can somehow hold it together and maybe get into, you know, a, it's just it's just tough. But can,
0: can they chop down this tall timber, Heath?
2: No, I just don't know. If they play like they did against UTEP, they're not gonna they're not gonna chop a limb off of a tree. <laughs> um, they have got to play better. They play better and shoot the ball well. They can win any game. But when you the, UTEP made 15 3 point shots.
1: 15. Yeah, and and really how do you defense that? I mean, you're going to give them you're going to give any team the three-point shot if they want to take it, thinking that the odds will be against against them by taking that many. But you can't you can't defend a team that, you know, makes we, 15 three-pointers.
2: But when you have a team that's not a, it's not a really solid shoot, three-point shooting team and you live on the inside, uh, you know, when you're trading three for two or sometimes that, – that's why Southern Miss goes on those long stretches, five minutes where they don't score a basket. And sometimes they'll hold a the team not scoring for three or four minutes, but Southern Miss can't score. They can't seem the whole teams turn that defense into offense and offense in the defense. All right, well, they can let's... do one or the other, but they can't do both at the same time.
0: All right, Heath, it's Louisiana Tech week. Uh, the men are at Louisiana Tech uh, this Thursday. The women host Louisiana Tech the same night, and then the men host Louisiana Tech on Sunday afternoon. Heath and Big Gold Nation, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All righty, have a good one. John Stewart, well, what, 2021 was a remarkable year in track for Southern Miss the women won the first conference indoor championships. 2022 season is out. The man that engineered that big historic 21 season, he'll join us next on the Eagle Island.
2: The Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
0: Hey, I want to say hello to Miss Kathleen and the crew down at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, campusbookmart.net. Those are the places you go for the best selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere on the planet. Uh, the stores open Monday through Saturday right across the street from the campus, and uh, you can shop them seven days a week online at campusbookmart.net. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Bob and uh, Kelly Sander with you. Well, 2021 was a, a really magical year and a historic season for Golden Eagle track and field as uh, head coach John Stewart uh, led the women's team uh, to their first ever uh, indoor conference championship. And uh, I'll tell you, coach, it was it was quite a year last year, and it uh, looks like you get quite a year scheduled this year And uh, as we welcome coach John Stewart to the Eagle Hour.
3: Well, yeah, thank you very much. We uh, we had a great year last year. It was uh, it was sensational, and uh, we're getting ready for another uh, run at the uh, you know another run at the title. I guess uh, we're we hoping to. We got a good crew coming back. We got most of them. Uh, you know, the transfer portal didn't get us this year, so <laughs> we got a lot of kids coming back. And we got a and we got a pretty good recruiting class. So we're excited right now.
0: Well, let me ask you an obvious question: When you win a conference championship? Uh, like the ladies did last year. I, I, I would think that cuts down on the transfer portal problem and, and helps you with recruiting.
3: Well, you know, <laughs> I think you ask me this same question <laughs> every year. Yeah. And, and, the uh, uh, you, know, you know, it, it really uh, – it, it's hard to see it because we're always trying to get better. So it, the, the transfer portal, it, it's affected us with it, with coaching changes more than anything else. But uh, it's really not. Uh, you know, we, we're still working. Still, just got to put in just as much hard work to try to win it the next year. It seems like so. Yeah, I think it helps, and we we continue to get better and better every single year. And, and maybe success has, has really helped us there. But I just don't see it. Well, I I just see us trying to get better every single year. So. Well,
0: I ask you that every year because you win another championship every year. So I, I'll make you a deal. <laughs> you keep winning championships. I'll keep asking you that question. Is that fair enough?
3: that is that is i'd love to have that happen so that's that's fair
1: (laughs) coach stewart track and field is is not you know in all fairness track and field is not a sport that the that the layperson gets to keep a whole lot of track of because it's just not of not a lot of publicity particularly at the high school level as you recruit mississippi are there particular high schools that have outstanding track programs year in and year out and if so which ones are they
3: ah well there's a lot of them that are that are good year in and year out Hattiesburg High School right down the road is is a great team every single year you know Oxford High School is great Pearl High School is is tremendous and and, you know there's a lot uh in the state you know not not only that but but there's just so many uh, uh just hidden gems that are all around but but those are just a few of the the uh, the the great programs that are here in the
1: state, and so, and are a lot of and are a lot of those coaches specifically track coaches, or are they the science coach that needed the stipend so they took on the track responsibilities? You follow uh, me?
3: Yeah, most of those coaches are dedicated to track and field. They're they're track and field only. You know, they're not the assistant football coach that, yeah, need the stipend. It. They're, they're definitely just dedicated track coaches. So, you know, and that's no matter what the state, that's, it's rare to have those nowadays. Uh, everyone has a second job or a third job. And sometimes that third job is the track coach, but, but still I'm a big believer that you can't hide talent. And if the kid is good enough and, and they have it in them, you're going to get it out of whether it's a, uh, you know, where it's the custodian coaching them or the, uh, uh, the home ec teacher, or the, you know, or, or, or a great track coach. They're, they're, they're going to, if they have talent, it's going to come out.
1: So, you guys are opening the season later on this week. Kind of fill in some blanks for us. All right, we're we're going to
3: the Birmingham cross Crossplex. We go there quite often because it's right down the road. It's a great facility. They're going to host the national championships this year, and we host our conference championships there every single year. We that's where it, it is. So, we're going into uh, to Birmingham this this uh, this Thursday. We're going to compete on Friday, and then that just kind of kicks off the season. Then we go to Vanderbilt and we go back to Birmingham several times, <laughs> and we go to Vanderbilt again. So it's uh, you know there's not a whole lot of difference in the facilities, but you know what? We're going to be really used to the facility that we're going to have our conference championship on, and that's, that's kind of the stretch.
0: Coach, as you look ahead, tell us what are going to be your, your strongest events on your men's side, but let's start with the women since they're the defending indoor champions. Strongest part of your women's team will be what you expect.
3: Well, it, it's so hard to say because we we have a very balanced program. We've got good distance runners, we've got good sprinters, we've we kind of got a little bit of everything. Um but I, I'm I'm excited about Octavia Cato who's defending hundred meter champion. She was second in the sixty meters last year. She is back. Um, we also have uh some, some new you know, Kate Maddox is back for us in the in fifteen hundred in the mile indoors. Um, we, but we've got some, some really talented kids. We got a few new kids that we brought in mid-year. You know, I've always told you that if your neighbor's going to go get a BMW, sometimes you got to go get a BMW. And, you know, and we did that. We've, we got a couple kids from Poland that've come in. Uh, we got a guy from France and we've got a guy from, uh, um, and we got another girl from Germany that are here so we're excited about them they're talented athletes and and part of that is you know it just, it's just necessary at this point because we weren't able to recruit all year long last year couldn't go see kids so sometimes we just got on the internet and we just look up results and find out who's good and, and uh, call them up and next thing you know we got half the world coming here to Hattiesburg so wow. um, we're we're still majority Mississippi kids and that's the way I always wanted but we, we got some, uh, some new flavor on the team now.
0: Uh, does that apply to both the men and the women a lot of balance so uh, you think you'd be relatively good in every event?
3: Well we're going to be well on the women we're good in everything because I just like to have a balanced team and You know, if, if you're down in one event area, you're still going to be pretty good because you'll have the other, you'll have some strong event areas. Uh, you know, if you you don't have many throwers, you could be pretty good in the distance events. If you don't have many distance runners, you could be good in the sprints. On the men's side, you know, we're not a fully funded track program. We don't have all the, the max amount of scholarships on the men. So we kind of put a lot of our money towards the sprints because that's, that's just what I like and, and I think that's what people want to see. So we're, we're we have a pretty solid sprint crew. Um, on the men's side, and that's what we're going to dominate in, I think. Uh, we do have a new thrower from France who uh, was who's second place in junior college last year, and he is going to be a superstar. we just got to feed him and, you know, teach him how to say ham sandwich so he can get something to eat and, and, and get him to the <laughs> track on time, and I think he's going to throw far.
0: You need to take him to them lunches over at Four Street Barn Grill every day at the 12 o'clock. 8.95, hey, Coach, well, you can just pack the carbs into him.
1: Yeah, but you, I tell you, what, we, you do that, that sprinter's going to wind up looking like a shot putter after.
0: <laughs> well,
3: I know, I know. Well, we'll keep the sprinters out of there, but, you know, we'll take the whole throws crew over there. We'll put them on a mashed potatoes and gravy diet, and, and uh, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll help them throw that shot put out there. But uh-huh. But, uh, but I am excited about boat programs. We've got some talented kids and just always excited about the start of the season. And, and I told the kids on the team that, hey, this is the most wonderful time of the year. You know, it's supposed to be Christmas, but, you know, sometimes when you're a track coach, it's the start of the track season. So
0: Yeah, we've talked about this before, but nobody works harder than track athletes. My God, I mean, they you know, they're, they're, they're constantly training, constantly running. Uh, those kids put in a lot of hours, don't they, Coach?
3: They do. It's it's a it's year round. There's not a big calendar with uh, track and field like there is in some sports where they have dead periods for half a year, and, and you know uh, coaches taking cruises with, with fans and things. But like we don't have any of that. It's just once they get finished with NCAA competition, they they generally go into Olympic trials and Olympics like they did last summer, and then it just it just doesn't stop. It goes into cross country season, and and so we just have a really long season. Uh, the kids have to kind of stay in shape and never really get out of shape the entire year. It, it is difficult. It's difficult managing that and it's difficult managing injuries and overuse type of injuries, but that, that can't occur. But for the most part, you know, we that's the way we want it. That's the chosen profession that we have, but,
1: oh. you know, I wouldn't change it.
0: Kelly, isn't that your philosophy? I mean, you just stay in shape year-round. I mean, you never really stop working out. <laughs>
1: well, no, round round is a shape you know That's um, right. And 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 coach Stewart, I got to tell you, I got to applaud your athletes because with all due respect, I can't think of anything that I would less like to do. Than to run fast for long periods of time. Well, something
0: you've never done, so you probably are not speaking from experience. <laughs> well,
1: that, that's true, but still, <laughs> you know, it Just, it well, just well, you know, some people. Some people would say they're all
3: crazy, or you know, some people would say they're, uh, you know, I don't know, they might be nuts for wanting to do it, but uh, but but you know, once they're successful at it, it, the great thing is there's there's no size requirement for track and field. You don't have to be a certain height or a certain weight. You know, there's events for everybody, no matter what body type and, and, and that you have. So it, that's, that's one of the great things about the sport. So well, anybody can do track and field.
0: Well, Coach, I'm just going to tell you, that this is just a fact. It is our track and field team and our baseball team that competes nationally right now for the Southern Miss Athletic Department. And we certainly applaud and appreciate the, the national exposure that your track and field kids have brought to school and continue to bring them.
3: Bob, thank you so much.
0: Good luck, Coach.
3: All right, thanks, guys. All right, Coach John
0: Stewart, everybody. Track and field coach, extraordinary. He's just, just done a tremendous job at Southern Miss. All right, when we come back, five, count them, five SEC transfers now on the Southern Miss football team for the new year. The NFL playoffs have been announced. There's lots of football to talk about. Stay with us.
2: Southern Miss to the top, top. you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: I want to thank track and field coach John Stewart for joining us uh, in the show. Uh, Always excited to talk to him and always very happy to help promote our our, our tremendous track and field program that we should all uh, be very grateful for at Southern Miss. Just like we told him, baseball, track and field, compete nationally uh, every year. He's just done a really, really good job. Also, our thanks to Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. That's another source uh, for Southern Miss news and information. You might want to check out biggoldnation.com. This segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, the aforementioned uh, restaurant that we brought up uh, to Coach Stewart. Uh, probably not a good place to, to take your sprinters because the food is uh, big plates of it every day for eight ninety five, 95 Kelly, and it is delicious. And,
1: you know, it's been eight ninety five, Bob, for how long? You know, Forever. You, you hear yeah. about how food prices are going up, which they are. Uh, but not so far. Not a, not at Four Street bar and Grill. That eight ninety five has kind of been, it's kind of been a staple. And of course, tonight I hear tell that there's a a big college football game that's going to be on TV. Uh, so there'll be lots of uninterested fans <laughs> watching yeah. that that game between Georgia and Alabama, which is for Yum. something that's yeah. a big deal. But uh, well, that, I'm gonna take
0: four guys you could take to Four Street bar and Grill. These four, four of the five kids that the, have come to Southern Miss via the transfer, the transfer portal, the Magic Portal, uh, has spit four players out for the Golden Eagles. And what encourages me, Kelly, is is three are defensive tackles. One is an offensive lineman, Bryce Ramsey from Ole Miss, uh, offensive lineman, Quentin Bivens from Ole Miss, a D tackle, Jalen Williams from Arkansas, a D tackle, and Armandus Cooley, from Mississippi State, a D-tackle. Also, uh, Jermaine Dean, a safety from uh, from Mississippi State as well, so we don't want to discount that. But but four defensive players, three of which are on the line, all 300-pounders and a big 300-pound offensive lineman. And just from my layman's viewpoint, when I watch the team play this year, that's certainly where a lot of improvement was
1: needed. Well, the defense, you know, was kind of kept the Eagles in just about every game this year. So if you can strengthen up Both of those lines. And, you know, we talk about how important the quarterback position is, obviously. I don't care if you're playing junior high or or the NFL. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. But the next thing on that list is your offensive and defensive lines. The the game is won at the line of scrimmage. And whatever you can do to fortify those positions, which the defensive line, man, these guys are going to compete for jobs. And remember, these guys played in the SEC. Uh, Even one of them from Arkansas, who's in the SEC. So, all five of these guys are from that conference, with air quotes. So, that means they, you know, you would think under normal circumstances they can play. But the common thread with all of them, too, Bob, is they're Mississippi guys. A lot of them, you know, Gulfport, Waynesboro, you know, all these places around this area, which is going to help bolster. You know, crowd support. People are going to come watch and play. Uh, they're going to be closer to home. I just think it's a it's a win win for for both of those uh, both of those guys, and by all rights, should greatly strengthen both sides of the ball on each line.
0: Very encouraging, and uh, yeah. I want to congratulate the coaching staff for nailing uh, those five kids. And uh, again, uh, that's where you really want to strengthen your football team, and it does appear that uh, the coaching staff has done a very good job in doing that. All right, before we move on to the NFL, I just want to talk about this game last night. The, the this Chargers game and Raiders. between the Chargers and the Raiders may go down as one of the most exciting football games in the last 10 years in the league. Uh it was an overtime win uh, by uh by uh, Las Vegas with 2 seconds left on the clock. The regular the regular regulation game went down to 1 second left on the clock. I thought the last drive where the Chargers ran 20 plays and scored with a second left may have been been one of the most exciting, dramatic things I've ever seen in football.
1: But what added to the drama was what was at stake. Yeah. Right? I mean, playoff spots for for each of those teams. And um, the Raiders did what they needed to do to win it. And, you know, a lot of talk about coach of the year this year, is it Sirianni from the Eagles or even Zach Taylor from from the Bengals or the Emperor up in New England? How about the job that the interim coach with the Raiders has done? You yeah. know, there was a lot of tumult yeah. on that team when, when Gruden was let go. So, um, yeah, so the Raiders get in, and they will travel to Cincinnati in the first playoff game of a – Six game weekend. I think two games on two Saturday. on
0: Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday. Let's break them down real quick. First game of the weekend. First game, which will determine Kelly's mood for the remainder of the playoff schedule. Sad, sadly, weekend. Yeah, sadly. Three thirty Saturday afternoon, the Raiders at the Bengals.
1: They played during the regular season in Cincinnati. One at Las Vegas.
0: Saturday night may be the game of the opening weekend of the playoffs, Kelly. As your second favorite team, the New England Patriots, go into Buffalo, uh, both of these teams have beaten each other this year, and both of them have beaten each other on the opponent's home field. This will be a great football game.
1: I wish it weren't. I, I would really like to see the Bills win this game, but you can't. the Bills normally have a big home field advantage because of the cold and the wind and the snow. Not so. Not with New England because no. they, they play in the no. same type of environment. Um, and when it comes down to playoff experience, the Patriots still have it. I don't know if the Patriots' offense, all things being equal, I just don't know that the Patriots' offense right. is potent I, enough. I, I, but
0: I think the Patriots are another year or two away from being back what they were. But you know, I, there ought to be a rule against this. You know that you know that the Bills and the Patriots both thought what We've again got to play an in you know an in conference an in division. Uh, rival right out of the gate. It seems like they could change that in some way, but uh,
1: and the Rams and Cardinals are in the same boat.
0: Yeah, you know, you know that the Patriots don't want to play the Bills, and the Bills don't want to play the Patriots. Is that fair to say? I don't
1: think anybody wants to play the Patriots just because you know how they are at this time of year. You know, so all
0: right, so that's Saturday. So that'll be a fun way to spend Saturday too. Really, I think it should be very good games. I think the Bengals probably beat the Raiders fairly easily. Uh, Sunday, we're going to kick it off at noon uh, with the, the the nasty, disgusting Philadelphia Eagles, who I wish the Saints had taken their place. I detest the Philadelphia Eagles. Thank God, got sent to uh, Tampa, where the goat will take care of them right out of the gate.
1: I'll, I'm not ever cheering for Tom Brady, so I know I know your uh, your feeling toward the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm going to have to cheer for the the Eagles in that game.
0: Toughest draw of the opening round, I think. Dallas? Went to the Dallas Cowboys because the 49ers are coming in at, at 330. 30. I think that's a toss up, Kelly. I, I think either team could win that game.
1: We well, have both two teams with with storied franchise, yeah. you know, playoff history forever and ever against each other lots of times. Uh, but Dallas is the best team that Dallas has had in a long time. And Dak Prescott's going to. But look, the 49ers. That second half they played yesterday against the Rams, they're really impressive. To be, yeah, they really are to be commended. If they go into Dallas and play like that, the Cowboys are going to have their hands full.
0: Cowboys are going to have their hands full. Should be very exciting. Uh, the Saturday Sunday night game, I, I don't, I don't think this will be much. The Steelers at the Chiefs. Uh, the Steelers are sort of like the Eagles. You know, you you the only reason the Steelers are in the game is because the Colts went to Jacksonville un. Just unexplained and laid a complete and total egg. I think the Chiefs beat the Steelers fairly easily.
1: Yes, I'm pleased. (laughs) I'm pleased to say. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of guys. And, yes, I will kick the Steelers while they're down. Thank you very much.
0: I think Rothenberger's last game if they lose.
1: Again, big smile to my face. Good good riddance.
0: He's he's showing his age. It's it's time.
1: Well, He's had a great career. You say that, but he's five years younger than that clown down in Tampa Bay. Have you seen the two
0: guys standing five months
1: <laughs> I know, but, but I'm just saying. You know, just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you can't or, or can do it. You know, for
0: the first time ever, there'll be a Monday night uh, wild card game, and I think these are probably the the two hardest teams in the whole playoff scenario to figure out. The Rams are just have an extraordinary roster. If you look at their roster, you would think they would never lose a game. The Cardinals started out as the best team in the NFL. That's what we were hearing. What they won ten games before they had lost two, I believe. And then they they floundered. The only team they beat, and and that's hard to figure out, is they demolished Dallas. But then they got beat at home again yesterday. So the Cardinals are at the Rams and. I kind of like the Rams in the game, but Kelly, would you agree these are two really difficult teams to put a finger on?
1: Inconsistent. I mean, you can say they're inconsistent, but really where the Cardinals have been consistent is their poor play the last three or four weeks. And if you're a Cardinal fan, you've got to be concerned with that. You want to go into the playoffs playing your best football of the year, not your worst. And the Cardinals are kind of going in sputtering with almost, they're almost out of gas, you know, at least going into the playoffs. They've got to turn it around quickly. All right, you
0: want to give us some thoughts on the Raiders and the Bengals?
1: Well, I mean, I've been a Bengal fan. I've been disappointed so many times. The last playoff win was 1991. That's (laughs) 31 years ago. Now, we've made the playoffs, but we haven't won one since 1991. So you probably know where I'm going with this, Bob. They beat the Raiders earlier this year. Um, But I will say this, and I am beginning to believe, that if Joe Burrow – I agree. Can stay healthy. He's a great That franchise, and he could be one of the very best to ever play.
0: I think the Bengals are a really up-and-coming team. I think they handle the Raiders. I think the Raiders will probably be pretty feisty and tough, but uh, I like Cincinnati in this one, Kelly.
1: I'm glad I'm, glad I'm sitting down, because I, I would not have <laughs> believed that earlier this year. But it's Black Monday. A lot of coaches got their walking papers oh, yeah, today. We'll
0: talk a little bit about that. the the Eagle Hour up next.
3: To
0: the top. D1D Bat sponsors the last segment of the Eagle Hour every day, but they're certainly number one on our list. They're a great place to go if you're an adult that uh, maybe enjoys tennis or golf or just whatever. Maybe you like to run marathons. You just want to fine tune your game, get in better shape for whatever event it is that you're going to participate in or whatever game you want to play. Uh, Well, they can help you. With a tailor fit program at D One Training, they're on Hardy Street, and of course for baseball and softball, no better place to go than D Bat, state of the art facility on Hardy Street, and we're grateful for their support of the Eagle Hour. Broadcasting from the Southern Bank Court Studio, Bob and Kelly, and uh, well, Kelly, we uh, you know we talk a little bit about uh, football, and uh, there is a game on tonight. Uh, we've also talked about the fact that is it fair to say that that maybe. What I, what I said earlier, that people that don't watch college basketball all year tune in for the postseason because of how exciting it is. And a lot of people who watch college football all year maybe tune out for the game tonight.
1: I think there's just, uh, there's just overkill with these two particular teams. Uh, Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach, was very outspoken this weekend in, in public addresses saying that, that he thinks that there is a, a strong bias toward uh, the conference that both Alabama and Georgia play in.
0: Well, he's, there's no question about
1: that. And and he said that he went so far as to say the NCAA got what it wanted in an Alabama and Georgia final. Um, so it, it, it remains to be seen what fallout there's going to be going going forward. But, you know, the more you see these two teams – the only the only game that will probably be less watched than the one tonight would be as if it was Alabama and Clemson. Probably. <laughs> you know, because yeah. we've, you've seen so many. It's, and it's the same reason why New England Patriots Super Bowls are not watched. That people, are just t- people are ready for different teams to be in there and changes to be made. But on the other side of the coin, you can say, well, man, everybody has, has shot for both of those teams, and they've put each of them down. So... You can't take it away from Georgia and Alabama that they're there, but it doesn't change the fact that it's not going to be very popular. It will not set any attendance or viewership records tonight.
0: Outside of the Deep South, probably won't be too heavily watched.
1: And I'm I'm not sure that much in the Deep South.
0: No, I think outside of Alabama and Georgia, probably not going to be that heavily
1: watched. I I know that I'm not not all that, and I'm a big football fan, but I'm Not. not all that excited about watching that game.
0: Uh, Before we get away, I want want to bring this up. We kind of mentioned this last week. I I just think our country has just reached a point of just absurdity with wokeness. You know, Brandon Brown was the NASCAR young man that won the race, was being interviewed by an NBC reporter. He was just doing the interview. Behind him, the NASCAR crowd is chanting F. Joe Biden. The NBC reporter knowingly lied about what she was hearing because, you know, NBC is not ever going to report the truth about that and she goes well they're chanting let's go brandon well that takes off now you know and that's uh that's all over the country well this young man gets an eight figure endorsement by a bitcoin company and the the newly woke nascar now will not allow him to put the logo of that bitcoin company on his car and all he did kelly was was do an interview he didn't say
1: he it, didn't say anything about the president or anything else he was simply answering the questions that the reporter asked him and it all comes down to okay it's it's okay to have an opinion as long as it's ours correct but one of the things our country was founded on is we don't always have to have correct the same opinion and um it, it, but NASCAR of all I mean you'd think of of all the professional organizations out there you would think that NASCAR would be the one that would draw the line in the sand because, generally speaking, NASCAR fans tend to be pretty conservative, right? Um, but you think, like, like you said, there <laughs> looks like they're succumbing to the, uh, of the wokeness of yes. the world. So right,
0: Jay Ladner on the on the program tomorrow, a basketball coach, of course, at Southern Miss. Uh, you know, I, l- let me say first of all, all of these coaches on the basketball team committed to us at the start of the year to come on once a week and, and talk to us. They didn't say if we're winning. They didn't say if things were going good. Obviously, things are not going very well. Coach Ladner back on the show tomorrow. Kelly, you have to have respect for that.
1: Greatly, uh, because he's he's always been an open book. You know, he says that. And, of course, we'll have to ask some some tougher questions tomorrow. And, again, it's, it's going to be a really tough week for them, having to go to Ruston and play what could very well be the number one team in the West in Conference USA. And they do get to come home then and play. But, oh, by the way – they have to play LaTex again. Right. So it's it's bound to be a pretty tough week unless some things change, but he's never dodged a question, and, um, and it'll be interesting to get his spin on, on things tomorrow. As, Is he on the hot seat? I don't think so.
0: I think you're probably
1: right. I think now next year. Now, remember, he's starting right now, starting three freshmen and two juniors. Okay? I don't think this year necessarily – um, if it was anybody other than Jay Ladner, perhaps, but Jay is so well liked personally, and, and that goes a long way. But I think next year will be the will be the telltale sign. Now that's just purely my opinion. I'm not. I'm not Jeremy McLean. Don't want to be Jeremy McLean. Um, but I think next year, we'll, and I think Jay knows that too.
0: Well, we'll talk to him about the pressure that he's under right now. The pressure the basketball team is under, and. What he thinks about everything that's uh, swirling around. And him. he'll answer it. And he'll answer it. Tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. That's at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping,
2: slipping, slipping into the
0: future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future.
2: Fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. I go through the revolution.
0: A Super Talk, Mississippi Media Production.